Welcome, welcome, welcome. Back to spinning around with Hailey Minogue. Right here on Area 3000, we are back for another beautiful Monday night, and as of now, it is around 5pm AEST. You probably guessed it. I'm Hailey Minogue, and wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thank you for tuning in to our airwaves today for more conversations and mixes with dance music's latest and greatest. Hold the phone now. Did you almost forget that we are broadcasting on the land of its traditional custodians, the Wurundjeri people? Well, I'm glad I reminded you. So let's not take it for granted and take a second to respect their past, present, and ongoing relationship with the land for the many, many, many generations to come. If you're tuned into the show, whether it be live on your commute back home or after the broadcast waiting for your clothes to dry at the overpriced Northside laundromat that sells delicious yet contextually unnecessary Zatar Manush that you always cave in and buy because being bored with something good in your mouth is better than just being bored full stop, then put that goddamn money to better use, Kate. I want you to use that $40 you just spent on one of the most basic household chores to contribute and make a donation to pay the rent or the Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service and help the wonderful folks that provide the much-needed resources for the mob to Today. My first guest this week is one of the most hardworking and influential tastemakers in the modern underground house scene across the world. Hailing from Leipzig, Deutschland, this man is responsible for running the basement discos as A&R and label manager. If you're a DJ that mixes house and you haven't heard of the basement discos, I urge you please to lift that huge rock you are living under because it has been home to some sweet productions from the likes of Tuesday Brunch, DJ Streaks, Bernardo Mota, Never Dull, Donny Rotten, Hot Mood, Itu Oshio, and many many more. Now starting brother label Muro Records, based in Valencia, España, this experienced hustler is exploring the dark side of the moon, selecting, marketing, and distributing edgier productions from some of the finest underground producers from around the world. A fine DJ and producer himself, he has several remixes coming out soon, as well as a jazzy house EP to be released on soon's Honey Butter Records. Calling in all the way over from the EU today, my guest is none other than Sam Paradise. <laughs> hey Sam, welcome to the show. How are you going? Hello, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. <laughs> Glad to be here. Well, um, can you remind me what time is it over there in uh, Leipzig right now? Uh, it's like ten thirty in the evening right now. Have you called it a day? Have you uh, had a very busy day today? Yeah, I've been doing lots of uni stuff and also stuff for the label and um, <clears throat> also something for my own release, which is coming in two weeks. Oh, I do want to talk about that, but I do want to ask you: the basement discos. You run this while you do uni full time? Yeah, basically. So it's like, oh, um, shit. wait, what do you, what, what do you do at uni? Like, what do you, what do you study? Um, I'm doing a master's degree in economics. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty heavy. Wow. <laughs> How do you even find the time to do all this? But the basement discos is pretty big. Like, I can't imagine doing a postgraduate degree at the same time. I'm just like taking every free minute I have, basically. So, wow. I think this is. I don't see it really as a job, but it's more like a hobby I really love. So wow. you you find the time if you really want to and if you want to push things. Yeah. And um, I'm doing it together with Carlos, my label mate, and somehow we get it done. Also, he has a full-time job and still wow. runs the label together with me aside. But yeah, it Jesus. works somehow. Do, do you even sleep? How, how much do you sleep usually? Sometimes like 30 minutes a day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) 
But um, it seems like you're getting by. It seems like you're enjoying life as it is. Yeah, that's good. Totally. <laughs> well, um, how did the basement discos even start? Like, what made you want to do this with Carlos? Where did you meet Carlos? So it was that um, it started as a collective. So I mean, I'm from Germany originally. And the guys were having parties and also festivals in Valencia, Spain. Uh-huh. And um, they also released one vinyl record, I think, in 2016. Right. And But then the label was basically stopped for two years or something. And then I was done with my bachelor's degree. And really, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to go on studying economics yeah. or maybe like doing something like philosophy or like turning totally into music and um this was like kind of an experiment yeah. that i came there as an intern uh-huh. and my girlfriend also moved there to study to do like a study abroad thing mm. and i came with her and originally i um applied for a techno label and i'm not gonna tell the name right oh, now I think. no please and tell then, me which one <laughs> okay so it's the label um, eclectish or Fire by Edu Imbonon, and they accepted me first, and Ooh. then I was I already moved to Spain, and then they were like, oh, we don't need you anymore. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, then I had to reorganize myself, and there was this festival of the basement going on yep. in the town on that weekend, and... I went there and it was amazing. And um, Honey was playing there. Oh. The H U N E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. Amazing artist. And then I was texting them on Facebook and just asked, Do you need an intern? I'm getting the funds by the EU for doing this internship abroad. And they were like, Yeah, you can just come over, send your documents. We're going to talk to you. And then let's see. Wow. And then I met Carlos and we vibed and we found out that we basically like exactly the same music. Oh, yes. And then I did my internship there. That's awesome. <laughs> and this was in 2000. Yeah, it was, I think, 2018, like in November or something. Yeah. And um, then we were just planning to relaunch the label and texting artists and premiere pages and stuff like that. And. Then we released the first various artist EP. Yeah, in 2019. When you uh, when you say uh, relaunch, like what what happened? Why did they shut it down for two years? I'm not really sure. We oh, didn't okay. really talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> I think the vinyl didn't run that well. Right. I mean, it's not that easy even to just break even with a vinyl record. Right. If you don't have a really big audience as a label, and so. They just said, okay, let's see if we go on with that. But Carlos really wanted to do it all the time, I think. Right. Because he's like super euphoric about it. Was was Carlos the sort of last remaining uh, member of the Basement Discos that really wanted to keep going with it? Or Yeah, so the others are still active in the collective and they're doing like, they were doing the radio show and yep. the festival and parties and... I don't know, all of this stuff, but Carlos really wanted to go on with the label. Right, okay. Well, I mean, it's worked out fucking well for you guys. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> it seems as though that uh, you might be the uh, the key to all of this. But I do want to ask you, um, what was your first impression of Carlos when you met him? Mm, definitely super cool guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's around 10 years older than me. I'm wow. now 26, turning 27 next month. Right. And he's, like, super active. He's 
working full-time, doing the label, wow. DJing, producing, doing hell of a lot of sports. <laughs> I don't know how he manages that. I think he's even like more active than I am. Whoa, holy <laughs> <It's> crap. Crazy. <laughs> That's insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, does he strike you as someone who he's just always been very busy? Like he's like an A-type personality sort of person, like uh, always just doing something, always really good at what he does. Mm-hmm, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Like really focus on what he's doing. Yeah. What was he what was he doing before the basement discos? He's also doing um some media marketing stuff. Yeah. So he's in a young startup oh. and strategic marketing and stuff like that. Oh that that works really perfectly for the basement discos. Yeah, exactly. And he's also involved somehow like in the in the design process. He always has an eye for that and like for choosing cool designers and telling the designers how to improve things and yeah like just creating this whole basically personality around the label yeah same with Mura where he had this vision of this like 90s style see okay i don't know <laughs> I, I do want to ask you about Mura a little bit yeah because this this 90s style is really fucking cool yeah here's my thing for all the listeners out there everybody that has listened to my productions you will know that uh uh, I'm not on the right side of copyright a lot of the time, <laughs> but I want to ask you about this because um, Mura's marketing is fully based on using the uh, the likeness of you know '90s icons, like for mm-hmm, example yeah. uh, Neo from The Matrix, uh, Cindy Crawford, Knight Rider recently as well uh, with the Dorsia EP, uh, Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Mm-hmm. With this, I want to ask you, how are you getting the rights? to use the likeness of these icons and if you aren't <laughs> that's totally fine but i'd like to ask is this like a pirate sort of uh, endeavor or is this something where you've actually had to go and get all the different clearances for i think this is not really possible i think the uh, artist just takes the original image and just like uh recreates it in his own <laughs> very style like in this dotted style yeah 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 and this is just how you get around the copyright, I think. Oh. And this is just, like, the good thing for, like, small labels like us. I mean, we are all in the underground. We're just, like, somehow flying under the radar. Right. And it's the same with using samples. So we're not going to use super, super obvious samples, yeah, yeah, for example. Yeah. Because you're going to just, like, kicked out of Spotify <laughs> and, like, getting copyright strikes and stuff. <laughs> but if you do it in a smart way, and, like, most people do it. Yeah. It works, I think. <laughs> That's cool. No, I like that. I've I've always been really um, a big fan of this whole idea of like flying under the underground, away from the corporate eyes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, with this, you know, Carlos brings a lot of like the marketing expertise and like, you know, obviously just being a hyperactive person in terms of his production. But I, I want to ask you as well. It seems like you're more of the uh, the person that actually chooses the music and the artists to come onto the label is that right that really depends so in the beginning it was like um that i was really active in this whole underground house scene also in this strictly lo-fi house facebook group and stuff like yeah, that yeah 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 and so i just like knew the cool producers mm. who haven't been signed to a big label and then i was texting them in the beginning and then of course carlos did the same and it just depends on like when you have time you're gonna ask some people you know or you're making contact to them yeah and 
This totally depends. How'd you find Tuesday Brunch? Because they're they're kind of an Aussie outfit based out of Sydney, and um, they're they're fucking fantastic. I've got an interview coming up with them uh, next month, and they're fucking awesome people. Yeah. Um, how'd you find Tuesday Brunch? <laughs> I think Carlos found them. Them. I'm not sure whether they sent us a demo. I mean, we released the first EP yeah. like one and a half years ago and we got we got so many demos. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> and yeah, I think it was Carlos who made the contact to them. How many how many demos do you get, like let's say in um in a month? Mm, I think across the basement discos and Mura. Well <laughs> <laughs> this is hard to say because I would say I have my my personal email address yep. where people actually should send the basement discos demos to yep. then people send demos via soundcloud messenger instagram <laughs> facebook um then also to carlos oh, to the, the basement discos email address and i think i'm getting to my personal address about like two or three a day fuck me and then there's also the mirror one so sometimes you're just like i don't know 50 or 60 demos behind and you're just like rushing through like <laughs> trying to filter through <laughs> holy shit yeah so you're doing this every day you're just listening to new music from underground producers every day yeah basically wow well thank you for doing god's work <laughs> <laughs> i think the act of having to listen to someone's demo is really is really exciting and fantastic but i can imagine after a while especially since you've been doing this for like three to four years it can get a little bit tedious right yeah yeah um, if you listen to a demo and you're like, okay, I've listened to exactly that sample in a very similar track, like two or three times before. <laughs> and I don't know, like some famous producer has already released a track yeah. which used that sample. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it must be, um, even harder with Mura because, um, I know with Mura, by the way, big plug for Mura, big brother label of the uh, Basement Discos, focusing on uh, darker and harder music. It is fantastic. I really enjoy the marketing of this. You guys should all check it out. There are some fantastic releases on there uh, from the likes um, of Donnie Rotten and a lot of actually unknown um, underground producers that haven't made it as big yet. So uh, if you're looking for some cool stuff, I would highly recommend it. Now, I want to ask you about this because uh, with Mura, you would obviously have a lot of... Uh, breaks demos coming through as well mm -hmm. and so there are only so many uh break samples in the world yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. only so many almond breaks mm -hmm. um i imagine that you would have heard just about every single one at least a hundred times over at this point um actually we don't get that many demos so far on Mura. so for Mura. yeah so it's still still okay and it's like people don't always send breaks but yeah. like Lots of like lo-fi house and asset house and stuff like that, or like stuff going more into the direction of techno. Yeah. So, yeah, but I totally understand what you mean with the breaksy thing. <laughs> Is it nice having Mura because uh, I suppose it's sort of keeping it fresh for you as well? Because, you know, uh, the Basement Discos is based on more happier, sort of jumpier music, whereas yeah. I suppose with Mura you can go a little bit. Uh, like I said before, like to the dark side of the moon, as opposed to the one that you're so used to. Yeah, it's definitely keeping things interesting. And also it was like that we were receiving so many demos where we said, oh, this sounds super cool, but it's totally not this happy, smiley, the basement disco sound. So oh. we cannot release it, but we would love to give this artist a platform for it. And then it was just like we were discussing about 
doing this second label thing for a year or something. Right. And then I think like in the second half of 2020, like began, began to like take a shape and then Carlos came up with a name and like with this, with a basic design and sent it over to me. And I was like, wow, this looks amazing. And, uh, we were also like discussing which sort of sound to take on that. And yeah, what is, um, <laughs> super cool. What does Mura even mean? Um, it's just a name. It's, uh, it's the name of the bull from, you know, bullfighting in Spain. Oh, it used to be a very big thing. Right. And I think there was a famous bull in the eighties or nineties called Mura. And there's also a Lamborghini racing car called like that. No shit. And this is where the name's coming from. Wow. So I'm assuming uh, Mura, this bull, was was famous because of the fact that he took down so many yeah. um, different bullfighters. Yeah. <laughs> Props to Mura. I hope you're listening out there in fucking bull heaven or wherever bulls go when they die. But, um, props to you. Props to you. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about your music. Yes. Because uh, I remember the very first time I actually found uh, the name Sam Paradise. And that was on uh, your clipping release uh, for Misty Breaks. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? Yeah, sure. That was really cool. And I really liked also not only the original, but also um, uh, Ito Rocheo's uh, remix of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, both both are absolutely fantastic. Were you producing a lot before that? Because I know that you had a like an EP before you came out with Misty Breaks. Mm. Not really. So I was, I think I started producing in 2017 or something. Oh, okay, right. But right, right. I was playing the guitar since years. So since I'm 15 or something and I'm Ooh. writing little songs and I was uh, listening to lots of house and techno and was creating little playlists. And I was like, I think I had the ear for it, but I didn't really start producing. That's cool. I mean, when you played guitar, uh, I'd love to ask you, what what sort of genres did you like to play? Did you like to play everything or were you more based in like, I don't know, uh, rock, hard rock, jazz, metal, punk? Uh, mostly around indie rock, I'd say. Mm. Like sometimes, like some acoustic stuff, but I think, yeah, mostly indie. Nice, nice, nice. Like this classic 2010 sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very cool. Nice. Yeah. Do you still play guitar nowadays? I mean, yes. I guess you don't have time. Oh, yeah, you yeah, do. I don't really have time, but yeah, I'm trying to incorporate the guitar into my productions Ooh. as often as I can. And um, for example, I have one track which might come out on Honey Butter, I don't know yet. Oh, okay. But Suna liked it, and I was recording some funky guitar licks for that. Yes. And it was for the first time that I was, like, so happy with that guitar playing, because normally you're a bit shy about that. Like, having this as such a, like, uh, center point of the production, how you play your instrument. Yeah. And usually people would just, like, use a guitar sample from a disco track or something. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to try it myself. That's cool. What, what were you recording on, if you don't mind me asking? It's a, a Fender Thinline Telecaster. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I, think, I think every guitarist... I don't, I don't know any guitarists in the world that dislike Telecasters. Yeah. Telecasters are the most agreeable guitars out there. Absolutely. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I would also... Uh, like to ask you with this new uh, record coming out. Well, I mean, you said maybe it'll come out on Honey Butter, mm-hmm. but you said it's a jazzy house EP. Uh, so yeah, I was. I think I started about like 
one year ago or something yeah. that I, uh, a friend of mine showed me some super cool 90s hip hop, like this Ooh. jazzy flavor thing. And I was like, wow, this sounds super dope. And I rarely used samples yeah. from tracks at that point of time. And then I was just, okay, I'm just going to give this a go. Yeah. And I really liked it that much that I started producing like five or six tracks, which are mostly finished. Nice. And then I sent them to Sune and he liked, I think, two of them. And one of them is going to get a proper release on vinyl by Ooh. the end of the year. And I hope, and he said, yeah, like he really likes my music and he'd love to release a whole EP of my music. So oh my maybe it's going to get a release on Honey Butter and maybe I have to look for another label, but... I hope I can get this done by the end of the year. That's amazing. That's so exciting. I'd love to hear that. <laughs> um, no, I'm very excited to hear it. If you're going to release this EP, are you going to have an? Are you going to have someone remix uh, any of the tracks on it as well? I didn't really have a label or like plans to release on a label back then, but I was talking to several artists and sending the EP to them. Yeah, and. Um, then John Gravy really liked it. Oh, yeah. And he said he'd love to make a remix, but then he was super busy. Oh. And I didn't have, like, a proper plan and not a label, and the tracks weren't totally finished. And then he said, okay, let's just move this back in time, and maybe I'm going to do the remix later. Excellent. Yeah. With with the release, why sooner? Why Honey Butter Records? Did you just feel it sort of fit? I think I was discussing to some... Uh, discussing with some friends about the EP and sending it to them yeah. and asking, yeah, what do you think? Can you give me some feedback? What labels could this fit on? Yeah. And someone, I don't know who exactly it was, just said Honey Butter Records. And I was like, wow, damn, that's a really big label. <laughs> Amazing artworks. They do vinyl releases. I don't think they will accept my demo. Right. And then I just sent it to them. And Suna really liked it, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's um, that's one of the things that I've I've really come to learn about the music industry as well. Like, and I want to see if you agree with me on this. Having the impression that maybe you're too small for someone, and like that they're, they're too big for you, and that they'd never give you the time of day. I feel like that really stops us from like you know trying to you know, progress and move forward and try and go for these opportunities that, like, uh, might be available to us. Like, I, I, I imagine that even now with the Basement Discos or Mura even, that you guys have gotten so, um, you know, built such a huge reputation for yourselves that there might be a lot of producers out there that would feel like, oh, <laughs> I don't know if, like, it's good enough for these guys, you know? Yeah. Um, what's, your, what's your tip for, you know, the baby producers out there that, like, have stuff that they really like making but don't know if they want to put it out to people um i think they should just get feedback of friends of befriended producers make sure that the sound the mix is super tight yeah and if the idea of the track is nice and you send it to us we're definitely going to accept it because it happens so often that people just say like oh wow i really love your label and it would be such a dream to release with you and i'm like i don't know we started this journey like two and a half years ago properly and now people are like coming on their knees yeah. <laughs> and we release so much music of uh, quite unknown producers because we just like, uh, we are into a cool sound. And if you have a cool sound, it doesn't matter who you are. So, I mean, we are in the underground. We're not like yeah. trying to 
push people onto a big stage and I don't know, advertise them on television. So how big they are doesn't matter if the music is nice. I love that. I love that. For all you <laughs> budding producers out there, again, please know, uh, just like Sam here said, that it doesn't matter what the fuck it, it, your reputation says. It doesn't <laughs> matter where the fuck you're sending your shit. So long as your music is good, the music will speak for itself. That's fucking awesome. I can see that you are wearing a singlet at the moment. And so I'm assuming that in Europe right now, it is blazing hot. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the temperature like right now? Cool. So the sun... The sun has set like one hour ago, so I think it's still like 28 degrees Celsius. Oh. And it was like 34 or something today, so it was the hottest day of the year so far in Germany. Oh my god. Wait, did you say the sun yeah. only set like an hour ago? It's 10, it's like 10 p.m. over where you are. 11 p.m. now. Yeah, it's 11. So it like sets at, I think, uh, 9.30 it starts to set, and then it takes some time until it's totally down. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> I've only ever lived in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh-huh. And so, like, the sun not setting past, like, 8 p.m. is so foreign to me. That's incredible. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> you, you really just have to stay up until the sun is down, really. Yeah. And, like, that could be just for, for whenever. When's the latest that the sun goes down? I think the latest is, like, um, around 10 sunset starts. So, it's going to be dark at, like... 10 20 or something but it depends on where you are so if you're in spain and you have the same time zone yeah the sun is setting like 40 minutes later Whoa. so the days are super long oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well i do want to ask you going on from you know not just the temperature in germany but what has the covid situation been like in germany from your perspective nowadays mm. and how's that affecting the music scene right now so it's getting better and better but i think like clubs have been totally fucked because they were closed for almost two years. Fucking hell. And even in Berlin, there was like this like breaking news thing that they allowed clubs to open for dancing in the outside area. Whoa. But like you have to get COVID tested before and I think you have to wear a mask during that. Wow. So, yeah. Did it, did it work? Have you gone to one of them? No, no. It was just like, I think they started it this week and i think it's going to be super crowded but i'd love to like go to a rave in like summer sometime yeah yeah that'd be nice yeah what's the um what's the public opinion been like about that because i can imagine some people would be like why is that happening and then some people would be like this is fucking great i think everyone is like most people are super pro about that because the cases have been going down a lot since like the super warm days nice and also, we're making some progress with vaccinations. Yeah. I think, like, in Germany, more than 50% have gotten their first vaccination. Nice. Me too. Oh, yeah. wow. Finally. Nice. So, we were super slow about that, but I hope that in fall or in winter, life is going to be back to normal again. Yeah, yeah. And especially now, you know, since it's summer, everything's mm-hmm. sort of, like, starting to come back up at the right time, which yeah. is nice. <laughs> Exactly. What was the lockdown situation in Germany? Did you have to, you know, stay indoors, isolate, everything closed down? Um, it was, it wasn't that crazy. I think in some countries you were just allowed to go to the supermarket or to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And here, I think in the craziest times, it was just allowed to that one household could meet one other person. Oh. So, like my girlfriend and I could have one visitor legally. Yeah. 
and that's it. Oh, wow. And yeah, I was focusing a lot on uni during that time and just like watching Netflix and reading and producing music a bit, but it wasn't that bad for me. But I think for some people who don't have to do that much and who are super bored in their flat, <laughs> wasn't nice for them, I guess. I guess when you're, uh, when you're cooped up with your girlfriend as well or your partner, it can go one of two ways, right? It yeah. can either be really great or really terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were, there, were there times where you got uh, super pissed off with each other? Mm, actually not. That's nice. That's Happily, really good. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. What makes for such a healthy yeah. relationship? Like, uh, who's the kind of person that uh, can tie down uh, Mr. Sam Paradise? So, we know we're a couple since four years. Oh, wow. And... We know each other since like six or seven years and we've been best friends before and we've been neighbors before and oh. yeah, like how this, when you start studying and you're like making out on a party and you're like, not a big deal, but <laughs> then you're starting to think about that. Has it been like more or something? Might there be feelings involved? And then, yeah. Wow. I think it's really nice to like, it's super healthy to uh have your best friend as a partner yeah that does sound nice because mm -hmm. i guess you've already sort of broken through that barrier of whether you actually like each other as personality wise you mm -hmm. know like you accept each other for who you are exactly. already before you move on to the the sexy times yeah but, uh, <laughs> that's fantastic and um i guess this might be a, a private question do you think she'll listen to this interview if uh, i think she's gonna ask me if uh she should listen to it, and I'm going to be like, whatever, if you want, you can listen to it. And well, I'd like to ask you, four years is a long time. When are you going to pop the question? When's that happening? I don't know. <laughs> 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 but, like, some some friends of ours have just married, and you're like, I don't know, everyone is getting kids right now. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Like, lots of my friends are getting kids, and you're like, wow, time's ticking. What is happening now, but... <laughs> So far, we're totally cool. <laughs> what do you see yourself doing after university? Because obviously the Basement Discos is going to stay around for, you know, however long. But once you finish your master's, I guess you're going to have to make that decision. Like, do you do this full time or mm -hmm. are you going to go and like, you know, find another job whilst doing Basement Discos? What do you reckon? Yeah, so right now I'm also like thinking about doing a phd or like applying for a phd afterwards oh. because um doing um a master's in economics with a focus on sustainability and environmental sciences and i think this is like so interesting and i'm super happy with the uni and i don't know i think it's an important thing for society to do and so i can imagine me doing that for some years and like doing the label simultaneously like wow having like a 50 percent job or 60 percent job not like working 34 uh, 35 or 40 hours per week wow but a bit less and like handling the label side still and making music if this could happen this would be like the perfect solution i think for me that'd be your dream life pretty much right yeah <laughs> wow wow that's so cool we'd have to call you dr sam yeah <laughs> <That's fucking> fantastic <laughs> <laughs> That's that's excellent. Like, 
I, I know hardly any record label managers that uh, have a doctorate in just about anything. So you you might be one of the first. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it seems like you and Carlos uh, are both very, very, very fantastic, as very active and and decorated people in terms of you know your achievements and what you do. But what were you like in high school? Were you always as sort of focused um, on this sort of stuff? Were you always trying to achieve a lot or was this something that happened recently for you? Mm, I think this just happened recently. And also in uni, when I started studying, I was like, like super chill and I just tried to pass my courses somehow. Yeah. And then I got to the point that I was like almost kicked out. Oh, shit. So I had to like pass this exam or I would have been kicked out. I was like, damn, I should like set my things straight yeah. and start studying properly and like set up a schedule and it worked out for me. Nice. And I think I'm just like super motivated um, about doing things since then if I'm really interested in them. Right. Then I can put work into that. When you almost failed, why did you almost fail? Were you just not interested in what you were doing? Yeah, it was like um, in my bachelor's degree, like economics is like, super can be super boring and like totally not related to reality <laughs> yeah and i was like just struggling to make sense out of my studies i was like right okay if i fail i don't know if this is something for me yeah and um like i said before that i was also thinking about like just like quitting and doing something else afterwards but yeah it doesn't having music on the side and really like having like a proper thing like basement discos on the side make it a lot easier to focus on uh uni because at the very least you have this thing that you can sort of go back to if you're getting bored with your studies yeah i think this might play a role actually i'm not really thinking about that but yeah sometimes when i'm just like bored i'm just like like opening my uh, mail folder listening to some demos or like texting some artists yeah. and i think this could really like make things easier more relaxed <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So your advice for people out there would be if, if they're failing at something, then they're probably not doing the right thing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the, well, rather the right thing for them. Yeah. No, that's cool. I'd like to get your views on the economics of music because I, I, I know that you're more focused on like sustainability and stuff, but yeah. I, I imagine that you have thought about this every now and again mm-hmm. about, I suppose, with the introduction of things like uh, digital streaming services, um, the new rise of, you know, uh, vintage collections of uh, vinyls or even modern collections of vinyls and this uh, rising market also of like the black market of music, um, for example, with programs such as, actually, I'm not allowed to talk about that program, but, um, <laughs> you know, the bl- the black market of music where people can, you know, resell uh, things, et cetera. Yeah. Where do you think the the economics of music is heading? Is it going to be more based on uh, consumer demand for a particular uh, way of consuming music? Or is it going to more rely on how the supplier uh, feels that they should be able to supply music to consumers? Mm. I know it's a very broad question, but it's because I don't know what I'm talking about. That's, <laughs> that's why it's so broad. <laughs> yeah. I first thought before I really got into this whole music label thing that streaming is a great thing, like Spotify. And I thought, oh, wow, it's so nice. It's so easy to, like, get your music heard by the whole world. Yeah. But in the end, it's still this problem that you have these four or five, like, really big uh, music enterprises like Sony, 
and all of their like I don't know how they're called and mm. I think they just have too much like market power they can just like create trends if they want to and like music is changing super fast but they're still making so much money with that and the underground is just like trying to get like a very small piece of the cake but still doesn't really succeed in that and yeah i don't really see a solution in that so of course vinyl can help you to live on that and i think like some um like record labels who sell vinyl they it's like easy for them to live off that i've read that some of these underground labels like uh rhythm section or toy tonics yeah have sell, sold like a few thousand um vinyls of one ep sometimes of their most successful ones whoa and so i think they might be able to that the first the, the artists live off that and also the label like with some employees but for the biggest part of the underground this is totally not possible so right. far right so then people are coming up with this whole like blockchain technology and decentralizing i'm not totally i'm not really like in that direction i don't really know much about that but i think they're just trying to like make a living somehow still 100 <laughs> percent um now i do think that we're about to hit time um just a couple more questions okay uh and then and then i'll let you go and you can go to sleep and have a great day tomorrow so <laughs> nice <laughs> so uh my last two questions for you what is your spirit animal and why i always thought that it would be the deer oh because i think it's just such a beautiful animal and it's like super shy and living in the forest and you're coming there and you can when you can see it you're super lucky yeah. and you're like wow <laughs> that looks amazing but um maybe it's also the dog oh yeah because i think dogs are just like from their personality better than like like better humans yeah <laughs> because they're so forgetful and friendly and they're very pure yeah, yeah. totally oh that's cool <laughs> they're not mean or bad yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I certainly do feel very lucky to uh, be able to talk to you today. Like you said, this is um, one of the very first interviews, if not the very first interview um, that you've done in your capacity as Sam Paradise. Yeah. And um, I'm lucky. I'm very, I feel very lucky to be doing this because everybody around here knows the basement discos. Um, really? And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like heaps wow. of people. <laughs> uh, if, if, if that gives you any confidence um, about the direction in which you're heading, then uh, I hope it can give you some support in that sense. Um, so I do feel very lucky to be talking to uh, one of the major heads of such a fantastic label. So thank you so much for making the time for me. <laughs> thank you for having uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> um, my last question for you is, what is the greatest physical pain you've ever experienced in your life? I think uh, it was after I had an accident one and a half years ago. So like in fall... 2019 uh-huh. and i broke my sacrum what's that so it's a it's a bone in the back oh like in your in your hip underneath your spine oh shit. directly underneath the spine Whew. like it hurt a lot afterwards the next few days what happened um i just like i was it was in, in the night and i uh was with some friends or my friends were at another place and i was looking for them yeah and i was in france and on holidays and i haven't been there before and um then i was like okay i have to go to the other side of the harbor and there should be a bridge somewhere and then i was looking for a bridge and like walking on a small path in the forest 
and I must have like the we went there on the next day and like the there was just like one basically a hole yeah. the earth had broken down oh. and I don't remember how I fell down there but it must have been like super quick that I just st stood there yeah. like just the earth went down oh shit and then I broke my bone there <laughs> oh my god how did you get out yeah. <laughs> uh, I was somehow I managed to swim oh my <laughs> to the other side yeah <laughs> Jesus. and then i was screaming for help and like there was one guy just walking his dog and uh he called the firefighters and they came with a small boat and got me out <laughs> were you were you drunk um at the time yeah of course oh, of course <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic um how long did it take you to recover have you recovered from it since mm, yeah i'm like 99 yeah recovered i think so far but it took like almost a year i think because like sitting hurts a lot afterwards <laughs> and like directly after the accident sitting hurt okay. lying hurt no. walking hurt no. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, you, so yeah i guess you just had to like hover above your seat every time like when you wanted to sit from then on but yeah that sounds that sounds bad yeah Yeesh. that was nasty. like what would you what would you give that out of 10 on the pain scale mm, i think there's worse pain than that i think this would be like an eight. Oh, <laughs> eight is still pretty decent eight is very very decent i might have like a very high pain tolerance the doctor said yeah but i was totally fine with taking four ibuprofen a day but i would still like wake up in the night like sweated and totally in pain Jeez, but yeah god damn all right well i hope that your health stays uh in good shape <laughs> over the next few years yeah. <laughs> um especially you know now uh, since you're coming out of lockdown you're about to head into the uh, summer rave season yeah <laughs> uh, I, i'm gonna take care of yeah. <laughs> you know don't uh, don't fall into any holes yeah <laughs> um, other than the ones that you'd like to um <laughs> so Please, please, thank you so much for making the time uh, to chat with me today. I understand that, again, it is very late where you are. Yeah, no problem at all. <laughs> uh, I do appreciate, you know, you taking the time to speak to me. It is very clear uh, to me that uh, you are someone that, you know, despite having so much going on, despite working so fucking hard to create this wonderful, wonderful space for a lot of DJs and producers out there, that you yourself are still such a humble dude. Someone who is uh, absolutely brimming with humility, but not only that, but also this wonderful sort of confidence and grace within yourself about what it is that you're doing. You have a lot of clarity in terms of where it is that you want to go and where you are right now. And I think that's really wonderful and valuable to have. Um, <laughs> I can only hope that you are able to get enough sleep <laughs> no in the next yeah. few years. Um, and uh, I, I imagine you won't because it is now summer rave season and clubs are opening back up again. But yeah. um, either way, either way, uh, thank you again for making time out of your busy schedule. I hope you've had fun. Yeah, it was lots of fun. Yeah. Okay, good. Super relaxed talking to you. Nice, excellent. That's what I go for. I don't want people to be on edge. I like people to just chill out a little bit, just have some fun. Yeah, just, just talk smoothly. Exactly, exactly. All right, well, Sam, we are about to head into your fantastic, fantastic mix. Thank you so much for uh, actually making this for the station here today exclusively yes. for Area 3000 right here, right now. Uh, we are about to play it. But can you tell us a little bit about what's in this mix? So I was... Uh... Usually my mixes are more like super housey, like deep and jazzy house or 
like super funky disco, like the basement discos. And this time I tried to create something new. Yes. Like first I wanted to play only mirror tracks, Ooh. but then I thought, okay, I could incorporate some tracks of fellow producers or of some producers I really admire. Mm. And so this is like some 90s inspired deep house, some like breaky things, mm. some unreleased mirror record, uh, mirror tracks and also track of mine. Oh, yes. Right at the end of the yes. set, which is coming out in the beginning <laughs> of July. <laughs> excellent, excellent. What's that one called? Do you have a name for it yet? Yes, it's um, it's a remix for Lambton from Australia, actually. Ooh. He's super talented. Uh, he's I think he's from Canberra, I'm not sure. Yep. And he's releasing his second EP with Mira. And oh, wow. it's called I've Got a Feeling. Oh, fuck yeah. Excellent. Some Paradise Remix. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Hey, Lempton, if you're listening out there all the way from Nunnawal Country, please know that Sam Paradise has included your fantastic, well, his remix of your fantastic track um, at the end of this set. And, you know, I was actually going to say to you before, listening to this set, what I couldn't believe was just the your your track selection is just on point like you've got such an excellent taste and i can i can only assume that would come from listening to thousands and thousands of demos because you can actually pick out what's good and shit but um, but no uh again uh thank you so much we are about to head into this mix right now people thank you so much for tuning in uh please stay tuned for 7 p.m when we talk to lupa j who is now just coming out with a new single savior and uh we're in for a uh, nice chat with them uh, later on tonight. You're listening to Spinning Around with Hailey Minogue on Area 3000, playing Sam Paradise right now. <laughs> 